You don't need sales experience. What you really need is courage, right? Because just like McDonald's teaches you how to flip hamburgers, Giantas America is a professional sales organization. And I've got a step-by-step-by-step program for everything. I got scripts for everything. If you follow the program, you'll be successful. Welcome to Frank Cooch's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here, we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of Fran Coach's Franchising 101 series. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of Fran Coach, and your wonderful host for the, today's events. Um, we are excited to bring you the November edition of our Franchisor Spotlight. In the Franchisor Spotlight, we get to feature one of our franchise partners, and we're going to spend the next 25, 30 minutes getting a chance to take a deep dive into what they are all about. This month, we're going to shine our spotlight on a franchise that is in an industry that is always in demand and offers a unique ability to scale. What else does this franchise opportunity offer? Um, How about great things like a low investment, low overhead, an amazing long-term growth potential, a B2B customer base, which creates a great lifestyle business for owners, long-term repeat customers, multiple revenue streams, and a small staff uh, while working with sales on an entrepreneur and a very professional clientele. Um, sounds pretty amazing. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But before we tell you their story, we have to tell you this one. Friend Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals who are interested in owning a franchise. We are partnered with over 500 of the top franchisors in the country, spanning nearly 60 industries. Our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise for them to own. And the goal of the Franchising 101 series is to help educate people on all aspects of franchise ownership. Um, so that is a bit about us, but let's get to the good stuff now and talk to uh, talk to our guest. And joining us today is Mr. Paul Dorsey. Um, and Paul is with our spotlighted franchise, which is Jantize America. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Tim, for having me. I'm excited to talk to you and and everybody else out there. Well, good. Well, buckle up, brother. We got a bunch of questions for you. Um, We're you're like you're literally it's it's a spotlight because we are shining it on you, kind of like you're being interrogated. So hopefully, uh, it will be a little less painful, but um, we will see. And so, bunch bunch of things with Jantai's. First and foremost, tell us just as a business model. For the consumer, what services, products do you provide for your customers and, and who are those customers? Well, thanks. But back to the buckle up comment you made there. <laughs> you know, Tim, my office is inside the Charlotte Motor Speedway and they're out there racing this afternoon, getting some practice in for the playoffs. So it might get a little loud in Whoa, the background. Very cool. Let me know if I need to turn the speak. I'll, I'll close the window, perhaps that will help. So, so clearly, yes, we, are. clearly we should have done this one in person in your office. Nice, nice. Next time, for sure. Or when you come to visit with all these great candidates. There we go. So Giantize America, it's a very unique opportunity. It's multifaceted. So we may spend more time than, than your average uh, uh, interview. Uh, our end-use customer is facility services, disinfecting, 
commercial office space. Devastating COVID that we've been through and are still going through. Families and friends who are seriously ill and sick and, and all the deaths that occurred. It was, it's just, it's a horrible pandemic, as we know. Although Giantize America and the facility service industry has tripled because now the old janitor who used to come in and dump the trash, and don't get me wrong, we were fighting disinfecting and, and swine flu and COVID and common colds and germs all the time. It was an endless battle against dirt and grime. But now we're at the forefront to be in the facilities first thing for the safety and the health of the employees. So it's just, it's, you know, used to be, oh, I'd say it's not a sexy industry, but now all of a sudden everybody wants their facility service and disinfected for the safety of their employees. And it's one of those things that I think maybe a, if it's if it's okay to say there might be a positive byproduct of something as awful that we've gone through the last year and a half or so is that like places should have been clean before but maybe that wasn't always the case or like, yeah, we'll kind of clean it or just even things like, I don't know, folks, wash your hands, right? So it's really, again, not to steal the phrase, but it's it's kind of put the spotlight on how clean is your facility. And it's one thing if you want to be a slob at home by yourself, but if you've got a business, you've got an office space, like that's just not acceptable anymore. So you see where that's that's been a huge impact for for you, for your business and the services you guys have provided over, especially over the last year and a half, right? Absolutely. So pre-COVID, it's $128 billion a year industry. This is pre-COVID or the last look, they, they came up with those numbers. So we were disinfecting touch points and doorknobs and elevators and all those different things, computer screens as needed. Even the airborne pathogens, we were we already had the sprayers and the misters that killed the airborne pathogens, but it was kind of again janitorial, out of sight, out of mind. I, I gotta even admit, you know, years and years and years, and I've been doing this for gosh, close to 25 years now. But prior to this, I, I thought there was little elves that came into the advertising office where I worked and dumped the trash each night. Just magically, it was gone. So again, it was in the background. Nobody and again, nobody knew or nobody cared until you need it, right? Exactly. And now everybody needs it. And now everybody needs it, right? So um, no, without question. What um so again, obviously commercial cleaning is it's never going out of style. It's even more important now than ever, um, which makes this an incredibly sustainable business. Um but so from from a service perspective, but let's talk a little bit about the, the business model. And this is something that's referred to as an area developer model, which is not super common in the franchising world. So maybe just start there. What when we talk about area developer model, what what does that actually mean? We have made the janitorial or the cleaning an executive sales business. And we have created that through this area developer. Some people call them master franchises or regional franchises. The area developers at Jantized America purchase a major city, a football city. And again, it may be two or three or four different counties. Matter of fact, one of our best territories is Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina. 
where, where Guy Ludswick has Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, and, and just going a little bit over to the uh, west of Columbia. But So we put some counties together, and he has a, a, a million, two million in population within that territory. So you've got area an enorm- developer has enormous area that you're able to work and not just a, here's my single location at the corner of, you know, first and main street. Of course. So, so Jim and Carl, who are the area developers down in Atlanta, I mean, their plan is to have two or three offices. Eventually they have one in Norcross North where they, they live in the suburbs. And then they want one in downtown Atlanta. And then they want one it kind of Southwest going out towards the Birmingham because that's where all the industrial facilities are. So uh, yes, absolutely. Robert Chess up in, in Raleigh, and I'll go into some more details that might, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but Robert Chess in, in Raleigh, he's actually sold 90 unit franchisees in the Raleigh, North Carolina territory. I'll go into the details there too, because I don't want to go down to a, a rabbit hole and not answer your first question. there. So <laughs> The, the the area developers are sales and marketing machines selling both local unit franchisees who take care of the end use customer that we discussed. And they're also selling the accounts or the new business development arm for all the unit franchisees within the territory. Again, you don't have to have a sales background. Because it's just like McDonald's or Jiffy Loop. They don't, I don't want my area developers to be in there flipping hamburgers. My area developers are high-level executive managers who could manage a sales team. And and then t- and I want to come back to, to that part piece, but the the actual labor and the the cleaning, um, disinfecting everything that's being done, the service was provided to that end user. Um the area developer, that that franchise owner, they're not doing the work, number one, right? Um, but they're also not right. employing the labor, right? So they're almost kind of a mini version of, of the franchisor. So talk about how that worked. One of the one of the revenue streams for an area developer is basically selling selling those unit franchises um, to the people that are doing the work. Is that is that correct? Is that how that works? Absolutely. So it's it's the number one revenue generating source for the area developer. My area developers, as you say, are not in the janitorial or cleaning business. None of them have mops and brooms, nor do they have any keys or cords, nor do they go out after five o'clock to clean any facilities. They are in the franchise sales and support business. And, and you're absolutely right. A master franchise, an area developer, is an extension of the franchise door. So even some ads, why be a franchisee when you could be the franchise or within your particular local territory? So they're going out and and when I get too deep into like the, the marketing of how you're going to find those unit franchise owners that are actually basically those are the people that want to go do the work for the most part. Correct. Right. right. And I, again, uh, I, I'm a pretty much, I'll be, I'm pretty transparent. So we, it's, we, we use Google and the Google ad says, be your own boss, own your own janitorial business. And the customers are guaranteed. Another one of, you know, too, for unit franchise advertising is Facebook, be your own boss, own your own facility service company. And the customers are guaranteed. 
you know, long ago, we even used a, you know, Craigslist with classified ads. And you know all the franchise portals, franchise.com, franchise direct. Be your own boss and the customer. We're the only franchisor that will offer you and guarantee the unit franchisees customers. So it's a no-brainer for the unit franchisees. Again, the unit franchisees are great operational customer service guys, husband and wife teams, and ex-military guys. Yes, Veterans Day. Thank you. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. We'll take care of that right away. Although those unit franchisees, they don't want to sell. They're not sales. They don't want to pick up their first phone. They don't want to go to the uh, chamber meetings. They don't want to knock on doors. I can guarantee you that. Although they're once you introduce them to a customer, you typically can have a customer for life because those unit franchisees have a vested interest. You paid, you know, $10,000, $20,000 for the rights to clean that facility. Which eliminates one of the biggest things that, that people will talk about now is, oh, there's so many issues with labor, labor this, labor that. Um, and I think sometimes that's from a, from a business owner standpoint is, is on you as an owner. If you can't take care of your own people, well, you're going to have a labor issue no matter what's going on. But this really eliminates that because just what you said, it's not an employee that's going in to do the work that, well, maybe they don't feel good, don't feel like it, got another job, whatever. The people doing the work are, are actually entrepreneurs and owning their essential route. They just don't have to do the sales. They're folks that enjoy going to do the work. Um, so they're going to make sure it is done well because, again, they they, they don't want to lose that contract. They don't want to lose that that business. So it really kind of eliminates that that labor piece because it's not labor. You're you have other business owners that are going in to do the work. I mean, that's that that's got to make that significantly better from a retention perspective for your for your customer base. I would assume, right? Again, ninety eight percent retention rate. And it's also a, a value sell. Well, the sales guys are meeting with that plant manager, office manager, facility manager. That's one of the things. Hey, Bob, plant manager, I'm not going to send you a $10 hour employee. You are going to meet our franchise partner who has a vested interest. The owner is going to be doing the supervising of the cleaning because, Tim, don't get me wrong. We want our unit franchisees to grow. They understand profit and loss. They understand insurance. They understand business ownership. They're not in this to make 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour. They're into this to make 35, 40, 50% profit. We have a couple of guys. Robert actually has one in Raleigh. He does 75,000, a unit franchisee, let me confirm, under the umbrella of Robert Chest Master Franchise. He does $75,000 a month and he has 20 guys working for him and they clean a big medical facility up in Durham. Wow. The unit franchisees profiting, his profit on that account is 35%. We have other unit franchisees billing 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 and they have employees too. And, but on the other spectrum, we have a couple single mothers who are working full-time jobs at the bank or the car dealership and they just want to make a couple extra bucks working, you know, Wednesdays and weekends. And they clean two dentist offices on Wednesdays and weekends, and they make an extra thousand bucks a month. So like you said, too, they're not clocking in, clocking out. They have the keys and the code. They can come and clean the buildings whenever they want. Just get it. And again, kind of that entrepreneurial mindset. Just get it done. Right. Um, get it done. 
with that. So, uh, so, so very cool. So that's the kind of how that kind of trickles down to who's doing the work. Um, back to that area developer owner of Jantize um, and talk about some of the different revenue streams that they have, because it is there are multiple of them um, that are allowing them to build such huge businesses. So, so explain that a little bit to everybody. Absolutely. Let me start it with a story. I was interviewing a candidate for the Minneapolis territory, and he actually said, oh, my God, Paul, that's just way too many revenue streams. Said no one ever except that guy. Yeah, I quickly ended the call and said, you're not qualified. I got to (laughs) go. I don't want to make it confusing because we have a step-by-step-by-step program for this. So the first source of revenue, as I mentioned, are selling franchises. The franchise have an initial investment of around ten dollars to $15,000. And it, it's average because the unit franchisees can invest as little as $6,000 and they get $1,000 worth of business or as much as $25,000 and they get $8,000 worth of monthly business. Remember, the unit franchisees are buying cost in a nutshell. Don't get me wrong. There's training, there's support, there's business cards, there's uniforms, there's mentoring, all for this. But in a nutshell, for the sake of this call, the unit franchisees are paying my area developers an upfront commission for X amount of business. We are also financing, which creates the second source of residual income. So they're putting down $10,000 on plan J. The total package for that plan, J is actually $15,000, and we're financing $5,000 over 36 months. So again, let's jump more. I mentioned Robert Chess up in Raleigh. Robert Chess has sold 90 unit franchises. He has 90 guys now paying him $150 a month on, his, on their notes. You can do the math. Probably not, but, but, some, not but somebody, but somebody Robert's could. not out cleaning at night. Right. Robert's out cleaning at night. He's, he's, he's building his oceanfront property in, in the Outer Banks. I need to get down there and visit him. <laughs> so this, again, is about, and I want my area, we got to sell, when we've done the, the matrix, I know we got to sell 1.5 unit franchise, one and a half unit franchises a month, or I, really two. And again, the area developer needs to do that themselves or they need to hire a regional guy who can sell and support the unit franchisees. And then we're financing those loans. I, I wish we could hop over because the next one there too is the administrative fees. Or, and you know, you actually, the administrative fees are 7%. And we, I wish we, again, we could hop over to my proprietary software that no one in the industry has. I call it JanView. So the unit franchisees log on, they can log on their phone. It's an app and they see, all their customers, all their invoices, all who's paid, what's paid, what their net will be, all their supplies. There's a library and everything else. So everything, I think of Jantize America, my office is more of an IT company now, believe it or not, than we are even in a franchise or a facility service industry. So administrative fees are 7% and that goes to the area development. Building protection and someone underlined insurance. This is an umbrella insurance policy. We can't call it insurance now because of some legal lingo. I don't want to go into all that on this call either. It's probably another topic we could have, the legal limbo of the NRLB, right? Building protection. So the area developer has an umbrella liability 
$2 million liability, $50,000 janitorial service fund. The area developer owns the contracts to those car dealerships, those banks, those manufacturing facilities, and gives the rights for the unit franchisee to clean those facilities. The unit franchisees can say, hey, I want you to cover the insurance. Again, it's a facility insurance. If, if someone you know, slips and falls, they're covered. If they knock down a computer, it's covered. It's all covered. Although there's a profit center there because the area developer is toting the note. And then, of course, you get into whatever franchisor. So my area developers are franchisors. They're not paying royalties. They're collecting royalties from their unit franchisees. And the unit franchisees pay a 9% royalty of their gross income. So remember that guy I mentioned? I, I don't know, keep jumping up to Robert because he's on my right-hand side when I point. If you could only see me in my office, <laughs> Raleigh is, is, is uh, right north of, of Charlotte. The unit franchisee, Ronald, who's doing $75,000 a month, Robert is receiving a 9% royalty and a 7% administrative fee. So 16% of that is going directly to Robert. Every month. Marketing. Every month. Robert's up, you know, he's doing well over $250,000 a month gross. So again, I don't have a, maybe we should have had a calculator. I have a calculator. For you listening at home, bring out your calculator. Robert's doing $250,000 a month for the business. He's getting 16% of that month after month after month. Yeah, that's 40 grand. Oh, did I tell you he just sold enough? He just sold another unit franchise for 20,000 bucks. Robert's not in the cleaning business. Robert is an executive manager. So marketing. And you know what? And you you got got me all excited on the next thing. Give give us us those last two things. Marketing fees. I like to call upgrades. So remember, I briefly spoke about, hey, the unit franchisee comes in and he initially invests $10,000. For that $10,000, we give him $3,000 worth of business or customers. Now, I don't know. It could be one account. It could be two or three. But we fulfilled the gross $3,000. Once the area developer gets the gross filled, we send them a little letter. Hey, man, we fulfilled our obligations. You get you $3,000 worth of business. You got to start paying back on your loan now. And if you want any more business, you got to pay me a marketing fee or a commission. So guess what happens next? The area developer or his sales guys, again, this is not a one-man show. The area developer needs at least one, two, could be three or four outside sales guys. Knocking on doors, going to the chamber meetings, bringing in the business. I know the industry and the average sales guy brings in about $3,000 a month worth of new business, month after month after month. So, hey, the plan is let's hire two sales guys at the end of 12 months, I want you billing at least 70, maybe closer to $100,000 worth of ongoing residual billings for the unit franchisees to service. So going back to that marketing fee, Bob, it's a new building and it's $1,000 a month. Hey, Bob, I got another building. It's $1,000 a month. Do you want it? And Bob, the unit franchisee says, well, well, heck yeah, I do. Great, Bob. This is above and beyond what I was obligated to get you. So you must pay me three times the first month, $3,000. Bob's like, oh, crap. All I, I don't have $3,000. No problem. I can finance that over 12 months and take out $150 a month. 
supplies and equipment, paper, towels, tissue, soap, all those things to the end use customer. I'm buying wholesale from our Buckeye Cleaning Centers, our partner selling retail. You can literally buy a case and again, the, the big toilet paper dilemma that we went through too. We didn't have any problem here at Janitize America. We had direct to the source, right? Buy a case of Charmin toilet tissue, 96 rolls in the case. I buy it for, I think it's like 36 bucks. I can resell that as an area developer to the end use customer for a hundred bucks. Again, there's a nice little markup there. And then you get into the equipment, buffers, scrubbers, vacuums, you name it, to the unit franchisees. We really could spend time breaking down each one of these multiple revenue streams, like the guy in Minneapolis, but I'll stand by for your questions. <laughs> no, no. Well, and, and again, I mean, when, when, when you have a franchise opportunity that you can spend that much time talking about all the different revenue streams, easy to see how many different revenue streams that, that are available. And, and many of those are, are recurring as well, right? And then you go back to the fact that this is a service that's never, ever going to go out of style. And any labor issues that, that may or may not be out there now, much of that is mitigated by the fact that you're not hiring the, work, the workers, you are partnering with other franchise owners, business owners that are trying to build, build their business as well. So all, all great things. You love talked it, love to it the- Tim. Yes. You said the magic word. You said the magic residuals, residuals. I, again, I don't know. I read rich dad, poor dad back when I was in college, residual income is the word reoccurring. It's not like a, any other one where again, they have to wait for the customers to come in day after day after day into the restaurant. No, I, again, we're selling it once, the unit franchise, and I continue to receive royalties from that for the life of the contract. You, you mentioned this a little bit, but kind of the, uh, the, um, the, the area developer, they're not cleaning. Um, they're not necessarily even the, the, the salesperson, though they may be involved with that at some. Um, but this is where you go back to the, that executive management, executive leadership. Um, they are building a, a, a team, probably smaller at the beginning, but really, that I think that anybody has probably that operational side, but certainly sales management side, because um, that's what your staff is. Again, is kind of sales professionals for the most part, um, and then kind of getting getting a little admin type of work, obviously at some point in there. But this is a pretty small, very professionally driven staff that we're looking at for this. Um, and again, really no over it. Do you, and I didn't ask this yet, Paul, but do, do your area developers, do they work virtually? Do they have a small office that they're operating out of? What does that look like for them? Well, there's two things I would like to reply. First, the first one is yes, the area developers need to have a small office. Some of the guys are even in quite unquote executive type offices, but you have to have an office for yourself an office for your sales guys to come hang their hats, bang the phones, do their things they do just on the computer. And you have to have a conference room, which could be a small conference room to meet with those unit franchisees. And again, we got plaques on the wall, number one franchise, rah, rah, rah. So yes, the area developer must have an office, an executive office space that we will approve that unit franchisees can come to. The second one there too is, my area developers and Robert Chess, gosh, Robert too up in Raleigh, 
You don't need sales experience. What you really need is courage, right? Because just like McDonald's teaches you how to flip hamburgers, Giantas America is a professional sales organization. And I've got a step-by-step-by-step program for everything. I got scripts for everything. If you follow the program, you'll be successful. You don't need some the guys, Robert and, and Guy, are actually my best area developers because they didn't have any sales experience. The ones that didn't work out, oh geez, they were the best sales guy ever. They could sell ice to an Eskimo. And, all, and I was like, come on, man. The Eskimo doesn't need ice. You got to listen to the franchisor. So again, I don't know. I don't know a lot about janitorial. I really don't, Tim. I've been up. I've actually probably screwed up more floors, stripping and wax them than I ever helped the unit franchisees <laughs> or the operations. But my team, sales training company, really. And that's what we need as an area developer. And my area developers, again, need to have courage to get into this and be able to manage sales guys. And the, I think the biggest factor in a franchise owner in any franchise being successful, and you hit on this, is actually being willing to follow the plan. If you think you know better how to make French fries than McDonald's, then go start, you know, like Bob's Hamburgers, right? You have to be willing to right. follow, follow the plan and then put, put forth the effort because you as the franchisor and every franchisor, you went through all the growing pains of figuring out what this needs to look like, you know, that proven model for success, franchise owners, whether it's an area developer or the unit franchisor, follow the dang plan, folks. Like that, people ask me all the time, which franchise is most successful? Whichever one you're going to be the best fit for and follow the plan. That's, that's the, that's the key. And then, and then, and then again, you got here, here's my plug for you too, is the, the, the name on the front of the Jersey Jantai's America or, or the Panthers or the Patriots or, or McDonald's, you name it, is going to get you in the door. But it's the name on the back of the door or back of the jerseys that going to keep you in the door, right? So the franchise has the system. I don't, whatever the one that you're representing, Tim, and, and you know, there's 3,000 of them. And we keep going back to McDonald's and the movie. The franchise has a system, and a system stands for. Save yourself time, energy, and money. Follow the system. It's really that simple. Um, so, um, yeah, sometimes that gets over overcomplicated a little bit. Um, but that, but and, and you kind of hit on the, the the next thing is that 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 person you're looking for as an owner. Um, they're they're not they're not cleaners. They could they could have the messiest house on the planet. We don't we don't care. Um, if they have sales experience, great, but it's really, again, that desire to, to, to build a, I mean, a, a huge business um, potential with this, follow the plan and then be able to, to kind of manage, manage that, that small, relatively small sales staff to, to begin with and grow from there. So, um, so this, this is all fantastic. So I, I guess as we think about this, if, if somebody comes in as an area developer for Jantize, you're going to own a huge territory. You're going to have multiple revenue streams, many of which are recurring. So you've got the chance to just grow this massive, massive business. So on the surface, you're like, oh my gosh, this has got to cost like millions and millions of dollars to get started. Um, but I'm kind of leading you into this one, right? Because we know that's not the case, but, but give us a scope of 
what what does that kind of initial investment look like for somebody to be an area developer for Jandize? Again, $75,000 franchise fee per the territory. Again, major city, football city, or put some counties together like we did in Greenville Spartanburg. And then, yes, you need about another $75,000 to get a small office and hire some staff. So you're all in $150,000. And, you know, again, it's not never, it's never the money or how much money you have. I can finance some of these things in-house. It goes back to the person and the drive that you're going to bring to the table. So again, like you, you just hit on that very briefly, but literally people, $150,000, half of which is just kind of the, the, the startup costs, operating cost cost for those first three to six months to get going, to be able to own an entire, I love how you said that, football city. I'm going to totally steal that, by the way. Um, to, 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 any, to any football city, the entire area is yours to be able to grow with all of those revenue streams. Um, now, does that mean that's the, you know, oh my gosh, everybody should do this? No, because we've hit on a lot of things that um, you know, this, like every franchise isn't for everybody, but I think that's the beauty of the industry is there's something out there that may be something you didn't necessarily think about. I'm going to go out on a limb, Paul, and say most of your area developers did not spend time as a child saying, mommy, daddy, I want to own this big janitorial business someday, right? It was nothing on their radar, nothing in their past kind of corporate history but then all of a sudden this became the this became the perfect fit for them is that would that be an accurate assumption to make tim you know that is 100% correct there's even some videos of testimonies on the website you saw and they actually say i never thought about this until i spoke to paul so it's again it's the millionaire next door you would never think about this and, and again, who cares what everybody else thinks? And my wife doesn't like me wearing my Jantized logo shirt to church because everybody thinks I'm a big, big janitor guy out cleaning buildings every night. Again, my area, I, I don't know, again, I, 25 years, I think I've been out cleaning buildings maybe five times. Again, if you're not in the operations division. We can hire operations guys all day long, right? You're not, you're in the executive management business. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Um, and I appreciate your your time. I don't want to be respectful. So I want to fire one more thing at you before we before we turn you loose to go watch watch those cars spin around in circles outside. Um, nice. What, what else would you want us to know about Jantize that maybe we haven't already we haven't already talked about? Well there's a lot and then forget about all these dollars and cents and Figures we discussed. I, I want you to realize again that my area developers get into this and, and we really become life changers. And I, I believe in my heart of heart that our area developers play a significant role in the lives of other people. So I've got letters on my wall and I used to run Charlotte. I, I sold Charlotte oh, four years ago to Todd Horsball so I could start the national expansion. I've got letters on my wall from, from numerous franchisees that say, Paul, this is the best Christmas ever. I was making 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour. Now I'm making 10, 15, $20,000 a month. Thanks for all your help. So it goes back. And again, I, when I was running Charlotte, I think I sold like 70 unit franchises. 
I, I love the industry so much. I actually have a satellite office and I drive up to Greensboro. I've got sales guys up there on, on Tuesday and Friday because it's it's almost I don't want to get silly on you, man, but it, and I'll share my mission statement with you too. Everything we do is, is try to build mutual beneficial relationships with our franchisees, our customers. But again, those unit franchisees, they're, the unit franchisees, those are my partners. Those are my customers. The end use buildings, the banks, the car dealerships, the manufacturers, those are not my customers. Those are the franchisees customers. So I continue to teach guys how to fish instead of just giving them fish, if you know what I mean. And it's almost like a tombstone test is, at, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to say, woohoo, Paul made a couple of million dollars. Your area developer, Robert, made millions of dollars. No, it's going to say, hey, Robert helped 75 small business owners in the Raleigh area to get what they want and to grow their family businesses by using his gifts of sales and marketing. So again, think about this more, not what you can do for you, but what you're going to do and how you're going to help other people in whatever you do. And that will bring true significance. No, I, I love it, man. And I think that's the, the kind of the, the cool hidden thing with that area developer, master franchise, those get bounced around a, a little bit. Um, yes, as, as that area developer, you have a chance to grow a big business, but the ones I think that are truly successful have that mindset you just talked about, right? That yes, they're growing a big business, but they're actually helping others do something that they didn't think maybe was possible either was have their own business and be successful with it. And it is, I think pretty much everybody that owns, owns a business, Paul, probably, probably you, probably me, like it's, it's life changer. It is the best thing um, professionally that I have ever done in my entire life. Um, and as just changed, changed, changed everything. And for an area developer to do that for themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. But to do that for, especially for that many unit franchise owners is just amazing. So I love that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, glad you shared that with us on that mission statement. That's awesome, brother. I love it. Um, all right, man. Paul, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you, uh, joining us today. So thanks so much for coming on. No problem. Look forward to seeing you next time. We're seeing you soon. We're we back to the franchise shows, I think. Yeah, definitely. We're just we're just going to come out to Charlotte and hang out and watch watch the car spin around. So, um, and then and everybody you know, else. There's 26 turns now. It's the Roval. They turn and they go left too and right, and they they don't just go around in circles anymore. You know, they've changed that, right? Yeah. Well, no. It, well, like <laughs> probably probably sad sad state of my life. My eight year old has a a NASCAR uh, Xbox game. And we play that once in a while. Not that I'm ever competitive and talk trash while I'm spinning around the track, but but, but we, we don't like that one. That one's too hard. I want the one that's it's a little little more ovalish. But uh, but uh, very very cool, man. And so we appreciate it. And 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 as always, thanks for everybody for joining us um, and getting educated today about Jantize America. And hopefully, this will help enlighten. Anyone interested in franchise ownership to some of the amazing possibilities that are out there. Um, if you'd like to learn more about becoming a franchise owner or an area developer for Jantize or for any of the 500 plus franchises we're partnered with, then let's schedule a brief introductory call. Find us online at francoach.net or any of the social media sites. Um, for all of our loyal podcast listeners out there, if you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe and follow the Franchising 101 series 
wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, again, there's never any fee for our service. We encourage you to take that first step today uh, to help creating your better tomorrow. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Stay safe and we hope to connect soon. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow. 